Have you ever wanted to be taken behind the scenes of what it's like for an author to hear from a reader of their book and have that person ask them all the questions that you might, in fact, want to ask them? Well, that's what this episode of the Untapped podcast is all about. It was a pleasure and a privilege to have Ash, who's on my team, dive deep into some awesome questions. Without further ado, here's Suck It Up Princess, the author and the questioner, brought together in one fantastic, fun and entertaining interview. Hi, I'm Natalie Sisson, an entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker, host of this untapped podcast, and a lover of handstands and dogs. I've spent over a decade building successful businesses I love and teaching others to do the same. I want to help you tap into your unlimited potential and make the income and impact you desire simply by being you. In fact, I'm on a mission to help 1,000 women earn at least $10,000 a month and contribute at least 1% of their revenue to causes that they truly care about so that together we can create a ripple effect in this world. So if that sounds like you and you're on board to learn how to make the mindset shifts you need to have the business success you want and the lifestyle that you desire, then this is the podcast for you. So just for some context, Ashley Rennie is my copywriter on my team. She's been working with me for about five months. Her energy and enthusiasm and way of being is just really fantastic. And I thought, given that she was reading my book, maybe, just maybe, she could interview me instead of the other way around, where I'm always interviewing people to find out more about what it was really like, not only just to write this book, but what ended up in it, the chapters, the themes, the topics, and more importantly, what she got out of it. So what I love about this interview, as you'll hear right at the beginning, is there was literally nothing planned for it. We just jumped on. She had literally just finished reading it on the weekend, and she just bombarded me with a bunch of fantastic questions. And I really enjoyed it. And I think you're going to love Ash. There's no reason why you wouldn't love her. And there's just a whole lot of energy, laughter, and insight in this interview about Suck It Up Princess, which I really hope you will go and pre-order at nataliesisson.com forward slash princess, where there's some beautiful bonuses. Maybe just actually take away a lot from this interview and learn a heap about yourself. All right, today we have the very special privilege of having my fantastic copywriter and so much more in my business, Ashley Rennie, to interview me on Suck It Up Princess. We thought this would be a really fun idea to just have somebody who has just finished reading my book. And Ash, I'm super happy that you loved it. Sorry, she sent me some really gorgeous, like a review to me of just, this is what it meant to me. So I'm happy for you to share that. But also because you've just finished reading it, I thought you could literally just free range, fire away with questions that came up for you. So we haven't planned this. This is totally off the cuff. It's how Ash and I like to work best. So we're just going to have fun with it. I have no idea what she's going to ask. She's read the book more recently than me. She probably knows more about it. So let's just go. Ash, do you want to say, well, how did you want to kick this off? Well, I wanted to just say, firstly, how excited I am to be asking you the questions, to be the one to ask you the questions for this episode of the Untapped Podcast. I think it's really exciting. So thank you for asking me. And I guess just to kick it off by saying that I, um, yes, I finished reading it at the weekend and I loved it. So I sat at my table and I, obviously I have the digital copy and I just sat with my laptop open and I just caught myself so many times, firstly grinning and then laughing like <laughs> a lot, uh, which I'll, t- I'll chat to you a little bit about without, I don't want to give too much away because a lot of it is 
you don't want to give some of it away. It's really fun. But eventually my husband said to me, what are you laughing at? And I said, I'm reading Natalie's book. And (laughs) I sort of told him a bit about it and he started laughing too. So yeah, it was a good all around experience. Um, I really, you know why I loved it? Because I think the thing I loved the most about it were all the stories. So those were the times that I found myself really smiling and just feeling like, whoa, this is full on. Like I haven't known you for very long and I knew you'd done some of these things, but when you read it, it's just like, whoa, (laughs) it's just like, this is epic. You know, like the stuff you've done is, I mean, it's epic. And I, it made me so inspired because and not just the big things you've done, like, you know, the traveling and the the cycling. And I, I don't know how much we want to give away, but like, there's a lot of very cool things that you've done. But just how you made it feel possible for everyone to be able to do it too. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think we get so, I know certainly for me, like this past year, I think for everybody has been very, very tough. Like it's been really hard. There hasn't been a lot to look forward to. Everyone's, I think, feeling a little bit sad and like, you know, they've seen the inside of their house maybe a bit too long and they've looked at their partner maybe for a bit too long as well. And now (laughs) they're ready, you know, to like, and so I was reading this book thinking, oh, I wonder if I could do some of this stuff, you know, like, and the way you write, it makes it seem completely possible. Like the one thing I wanted to say just straight off the bat was like, I felt so inspired by it. And I just felt like, I remember reading, sorry, now I'm going on a monologue, which will stop very soon. But I, um, I remember reading like self-help and like spiritual books when I was in my twenties, right? And feeling like, like, like the secrets and just feeling really inspired. And then I think you start to get a bit jaded as you get older and like you just start to work really hard and things start to feel like a bit tough. And I just read your book and I felt all those things again. And that made me really happy. It just made me feel really happy. So you should know that. Mm, that's um, the best feedback ever. Thank yeah. Really it's a very happy making book. So I wanted to say that. And I think that's important because, as you just yes. said, it's a really tough year. And the title, I know when I put it out there, one of my good friends who reviewed the book, who's an amazing author, she's like, I don't love the title. And I was like, totally fair. Like, really happy that that might polarize people. But mm. I don't want it to put people off and go, who the hell is she telling to suck it up, princess? So mm-hmm. I really want this book to be a book of possibility and inspiration and give people a positive kick up the ass or that idea as you've just said of this is something that you can do and in the personal stories that I have even if they don't want to cycle down Africa they can find something that might inspire them to go on their own personal journey so just want to put that out there that this isn't like you should be doing better it's actually (laughs) no no not at all passion in there and humor as you said and just a whole lot of fun so I wanted to chat a bit about the title because I love the title I think the title's fantastic (laughs) And I think it also comes down to different personalities and what people respond to. So it just suck it up, princess. It just grabs me and it grabbed me the very first time you told me about it, which was last year. And I was like, geez, that sounds like a great read. Like I would love to know what this book is about. So that's interesting. 
Well, how do you feel about the title now? You're cool with it, right? Yeah, I really like it because it feels very different for me. Like it is, yeah. it is something that literally, as you'll read in the very first chapter of the book of how it just literally something that I blurted out when I was in a funk, really depressed. And it felt like this inner voice just coming to kind of like slap me in the face and go, suck it up, Prince. It's like, let's get on with it. Life is too short. Let's live. And it really did feel like a voice coming out of that, I don't know, the ethos, the universe, giving me a really good, like, the motivation that I needed in that moment and some really good hard words. But what I like about it as well is that, yeah, it will catch people's attention and hopefully make them curious. And obviously the tagline of the book is much more inspiring and tells you that it's real life strategies to be the heroine you already are and essentially have the money, success in life you deserve. So I'm, but it is different for me because I've always lived my life, I think, wanting to make or wanting to spread some happiness and joy and show people what's possible for them and their potential. But this feels a little bit more edgy and not the normal Natalie style. And so I like that because it's a little bit more of the kick-ass style. And I think it's a good experiment and challenge and and it will definitely stand out. And I think it'll get people curious. And hopefully within the pages of the book, they'll find what they need. I think part of who you are is a bit kick-ass. Like, I think you are a bit like you have the side to you that is like, come on, you know, let's do this. Let's get this done. And I think that's great. Certainly for me, I know, I mean, I work really hard and I, but I definitely love a bit of a, hey, what you doing over there, man? Like, <laughs> get on with it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I just, I love the title. I think it's fantastic. I have I, to say, Ash, I think it also plays in a little bit in the last year or so and two years. I've really played more with things like, you know, write your damn book, launch yeah. your damn course. And for some people, again, they're like, it really appealed to them because they have been sitting on their damn book or their damn course for ages. And for others, they're like, oh, that's a little rude. And I'm like, great, you're probably not my people because you're missing the point of that this is meant to be, let's just do it. Let's get it out there. Let's get you to realize your dream, right? So I think some yeah. of it's come from that as well, just playing. But also it's tongue in cheek. Like the princess you're talking to was actually yourself. And yeah. so it's super tongue in cheek. And then when you read the book, the whole style of it is just so... It's so nurturing, but it is like, what are you doing? Like, let's do this. Let's, but in such a positive way, you know, so people also mustn't judge a book by its cover. Do you see what I did? I know. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) And the funniest thing ever is that I have never viewed myself as a princess ever. Like I've, I don't even like the color pink and I don't know why, but pink is often a princess color that you see in movies and cartoons. And the whole yeah. aspect of what a princess is, is often comes as very entitled or stuck up, right? All these things that I would hopefully never label myself. But that's mm. kind of what I liked about it as well, was really stepping into well, what other aspects of a princess are actually really positive that I could use. And and how does that make you feel? And actually more about stepping into your queen power, the one who's more in charge, more regal, more really just knows what they're doing, takes on the responsibility, has that higher place, that higher sense of self. So I think the whole aspect of it was really fun to play with a lot of those themes throughout the book as well. So, I mean, let's dive into the book. I think the thing that I loved the most was talking about this idea of saying no. I just want to jump straight to that part of the book. That really spoke to me. Like, I think a lot of people have a lot of crazy boundaries around just saying no. And in fact, I can say no much more easily to a stranger than I can to people that I know in my life and my family and my friends and colleagues and whatever. So I guess my question to you is, 
was there like a defining moment where you were like, actually, I have to start saying no, or did it come super gradually? And do you still struggle with it? Or are you super cool with just saying, no, I can't do that. I'm sorry. Or not even, I'm sorry. You see, you shouldn't even qualify. <laughs> no, no, thank you. That, I think that's what you say in the book. No, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, is epic, right? It's a huge, the thought of doing that is really hard mm. for me. Yeah, I think, and it's such a great question as well, because I actually think I have a pretty damn easy time these days of saying no to the things that I just am so against or I know are going to drain me or really not a good use of my time or where I'm actually doing the person a disservice by saying yes, because I'm taking something off them that they probably should really experience themselves. Does that make sense? Because, you know, often yeah. people would ask you for stuff because they can't be bothered to do it or it feels like too much, but actually maybe it'd be better if I said no, but how can I help you get through this? Or how can I help you work through this so that it feels easier for you? I think I've always had really strong boundaries around that. I've never really been a people pleaser. For sure, I love to please my friends and I love to make people happy, but I have very clear boundaries. And I think early on, I got to say no quite quickly. I don't know if it's part of my Germanic roots, like my mum is German and she was just always very straight up in our family. And so I feel I've always had that straight upness as well. But also, I just really hate people being taken advantage of. And I hate it when I feel like I've I've done that to myself. And so for me, it's a really clear part of when you know what you want to say yes to and the opportunities that are there for you, it becomes much easier to say no to all the other things that are going to take away from that. So I hope that chapter will really give people just like, it is probably one of the more in-depth chapters where there's an actual strategy and plan for how to go about doing it. Yeah, this is totally what I wanted to say as well is that you actually give people, you know, when they read the book, there are exercises they can do and things that they can do to get better at it. And I think those are the parts of the book for me as well, aside from the stories, with just the actionable steps that you can take were really helpful because it's great to philosophize and to talk about stuff and to, you know, to say why it's bad or why it's good for you or why it needs to change. But if you're not given concrete sort of strategies and steps in terms of how to change those things, I mean, it can be impossible sometimes, right? Yeah, I think I heard somebody over say the other day that Gary Vaynerchuk, even though, you know, I really like him and he's out there and he's, he's really, really good at talking a lot around the why and things, but often never giving you the how. And I hadn't thought about that before. I thought he was actually pretty good at that, but actually he's just really good at putting out content, talking to people, talking them through stuff, but not necessarily always giving them the how, which is the next step, right? And so that's never been my style as much. And usually I over-deliver and give too much of the how, but I just think it's really important. Like I'm a big person who likes to simplify the complex and make things feel doable. It's something I've really strived for in my life so that I can keep creating momentum and you know, achieve things or just feel really personally happy. So I hope that that comes across in this book as well. And not, you know, it's the first time I've not mentioned tools in my book. It's the first time I've not referenced a ton of people. This is just a ton of personal stories and things that I've learned and just sharing that experience like as rawly and personally as possible so that people can just take what they need from it. Yeah, absolutely. Another one of my favorite parts, I actually want to read a bit of it, if that's okay, because I think it's really cool. So um, (laughs) this is fun. It's like, how are other people viewing the book? It's always Yeah, totally. So, okay. So before I read it, I also just want to say like, I love the vibe of the book as well. Like I loved the, so there's a bit of swearing in the book, which I completely love. Like that is totally right up my alley. Like it just made my day. And there's like, 
you know, a lot of talking to yourself, like, come on, Nat, like, what do you mean? Or what are you thinking, Nat? Like, which I also loved. I thought that was great. But just the whole tone of the book is really, it's super vibey, which I appreciated because sometimes these books can just become a bit pompous, I guess, and sort of putting yourself out there as the know-it-all about this thing. And this book isn't that. It's just like, you know, there's a lot of stuff. You talk about where you made mistakes and you you failed at things and it's so relatable, which I completely love. And I think that goes to that thing that you're so passionate about, which is being a leading learner, right? And just knowing a little bit more than the person behind you and trying to teach them and learning as you go. And yeah, so one of the parts of the book that I loved is where you talk about money and how to ask for more money and how to tell people what you're worth and how to charge what you're worth. Because again, that has come up for me in my life. I'm much better at it, but I think it comes up for women a lot. Like I think it comes up for women way more than men. So I wanted to read this because I'm a rampant feminist. And <laughs> yes, I put my queen crown on when I read this part of the book. This is one of my favorite topics to speak to as it's something that constantly plagues women who are super talented and with a lot of experience who simply undersell themselves. Why is charging what you're worth such a big deal? Why do women in particular consistently undervalue themselves and charge way less than they should? When will we acknowledge that by valuing ourselves, we value others too, and it has a ripple effect in the people we interact with, invest in, and work with? The way I see it, we have two choices. Option A, if I learn more, I can spend more, I can pay people more, and I can invest more into others and live a more abundant and fulfilling life. Or option B, if I repeatedly undercharge, I develop a scarcity mindset, don't have money to pay the bills, become a Scrooge and do everything on the cheap. I then have less to give to others who need it and feel like a constant failure and cheap ass. (laughs) I choose A any freaking day, (laughs) y'all. So that I loved. I just loved because it was like, it was... I loved it for a bunch of reasons. So the one reason I loved it was obviously the content and it's just like, yeah. But the other reason I loved it is because it's quite serious. And then it's like, I do not want to be a cheap ass. That is not my aim in life. So yeah, that's one of the pieces that I loved the most. Thank you. And I wonder like, I mean, have you had experiences where you haven't been able to charge what you're worth and have you been able to overcome that? Or is it still like a work in progress? It's still a work in progress, I think as well, because like so many women, I'm like, oh, but I just want to help people and I want to give and I want to be really generous in that. And there's, there's always this fine line between giving and generosity and actually, you know, being paid what you're worth. And on the cheapest front, like I literally just came back from a holiday with Josh. And the funny thing is I said to him, I will drop a lot of money on investing in real estate, right? Like I will leverage my money. I will invest heavily and I'll take big risks. <laughs> we were going out you know, to cafes all the time. Cause that's what you do when you're on holiday, you eat too much and you enjoy. And I was like, I just, I don't feel like ordering that drink because $6.50 for a lemon lemon, but it just feels a lot. And he's like, you are so funny. He's like, we like, w- if it was $50, would you buy it? And I was like, no, I wouldn't. So like, if it was four or five dollars, like, yeah, it's just, I think for me, it's a price comparison thing where I think people are taking the piss and they're charging too much. And he's like, you are hilarious. So I still do have those cheap ass moments, but it's more around, I think, where things aren't fair or where I think people are being ripoffs. And one quick example of this is I was in a group the other day where a lot of women talking about money 
And this lady was really trying to put out that she wants to charge or she is charging $1,700 an hour for coaching. And she was putting out there saying, I'm cool with this. I deserve this. This is abundant. I feel for this. I give value. And I was like, good for you. And people were like, yeah, rock it. And I was like, I was in two states of mind. I was like, good for you. And just going for it and manifesting this and really shifting your mindset. But at the same time, I was like, really? Like lawyers, even at their best, will charge 1000 to 1500 And I was like, what are you actually providing in that hour that is going to change somebody's life to the value of that? Where did the, I guess, generosity piece come in there that could you do this? You know, and it's not about her not charging. And some people may disagree with me on this. I'm like all for you earning what you're worth. But I also think there's a point of fairness and equitableness and where you don't have to charge just because you can, where you can actually help a lot more people and the right people and your quality clients by making it fair. I don't know. I just, I really find that was a really interesting and it triggered me. And I was like, oh, do I have some work to do on my money mindset? (laughs) But I was also like, really $1,700 an hour for a coach? Like I consider myself a pretty good coach, but I would, I wouldn't charge that. Maybe that's my loss. I don't know. It was just a really. I think it's interesting. interesting Like I, I definitely think that has a lot to do with, as you say, being equitable and also, I don't know, I I would feel really uncomfortable charging that. You know, I just, I think for the same reasons as you, right? I mean, it's an interesting thing. Money is so, I find it a very curious subject and I, I find my own relationship with money very strange. And I just, that story makes me laugh because I'll do the same with (laughs) something that's a bit too expensive. I'll just be like, no, I'm not doing that. And my husband is just like, but you can afford it. And I'm like, that's not the point. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the point. They're taking advantage of me, <laughs> you know? So, and I think that's what you're speaking to is that you don't mm. want to do that to other people, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So that's a principle 100% you 100% charge what you're worth. Make sure you're covering your costs and more. Make sure you're profitable. Make sure you feel abundant. But also it's like, don't take the piss. Like don't charge astronomically just because you can. Yeah. If it makes you feel good, fine, but I don't think it makes the other people feel better. And that, again, could be just something that I have. But I'd be really curious for people who are listening in to comment in on that. Yeah. It's a huge topic, and I think it's a huge topic amongst entrepreneurs. And, like, I certainly know for myself, when I started my business, it was a big thing for me. Like, how much to charge? How do I work out how much to charge? How do I ask people to pay me that amount? And then how do I walk away if they say no? I think the book deals with that stuff really, really well. And I think it's really great, especially for women who are sort of battling with that a bit, you know, Um, because I do think it is a a work in progress if you are someone who has to work at it. I don't think you're ever Mm. totally comfy with it. Mm. So much Um, of it is about your self-worth and how you view yourself. And that's what I'm trying to get to in that chapter, I think, is, you know, be fair, be just, be equitable, but don't undermine your amazing value and your inherent value and what you've invested in yourself to get there and all those years of experience by, you know, undervaluing yourself. Yeah. Charging too little. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other one, sorry, I'm speaking to all the things that really like touched me, but burnout is not a badge of honor. (laughs) I think that's one of the most, for me, one of the most powerful lines in the book, like burnout is not a badge of honor. And I think I think you and I are similar in the sense that we will just work ourselves basically to death and then we'll collapse in a heap and then we'll wonder why we're so tired, but we've been working like crazy. And the thing that you said that was really, because 
you have this list of this list of, I think it's five things of how to spot when you're about to burn out. And I think one of them was you're going like full throttle and you feel like you're on top of everything. And that for me was really a poignant moment because I think a lot of us with, I don't know if they call them A-type personalities or whatever, like who work really hard and don't take a break and just keep going. We are quite proud of that thing in ourselves. And so you do talk about a power routine in the morning that you can do. Like you talk about that in the book and how to set one up, Mm -hmm. which is amazing because I think a lot of people also don't know how to do that. So I think that's really great. Yeah, I mean, and right do you before find you that jumped that on this call, didn't I say to you as well that I prioritized yes, so. yoga and a dog walk this morning over having a shower and having my hair looking nice for an interview? Yeah. Because yeah. I just know it's really important to me that if I don't get that exercise or if I don't have that time out in peace, I'm just really so much more of an advocate of that these days than the get up and get straight into it, which makes you feel productive and kick ass and all the kinds of awesome. But at what expense? And I used to think about it as, I think I might even have a line in the book around, when you look back from your deathbed, you're not going to care how many emails you sent or however (laughs) many times you got to inbox zero, right? You're going to appreciate all those incredible moments with friends and family and loved ones that made you feel alive or connected, et cetera. And yeah, I think you're right that you and I are similar in that way and that I've definitely been calling on you quite a bit over the last few months, especially during our launch. Like, Ash, are you taking some time out? Why are you working weekends? Like really not trying to be a nag, but just really noticing it in you because I've seen it in myself. And I know that you love it and I know that you love your work and it drives you and it fills you up. And that's the difference is when you're loving your work and you have energy for it, but you also have other things in your life that are fulfilling you, then I think you're in a good place. But as you said, when you feel like, yeah, I've got this, I've got everything under control, it's amazing. You can only be on that level for a certain amount of time before your ass will be kicked or something will give. And so I did find that really interesting because I would often be in that state and then right after it would be like, boom, you just can't be a superhero for that long. Even superheroes collapse. They completely collapse. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're just of no use really to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And And it's not fair on your family either, right? No. No. Yeah. And the people who love you because they're only getting half of you. They're Mm -hmm. only getting the... Sometimes they're only getting the really moody, exhausted part of you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And your clients are getting the shiny, happy face part of you, Mm. (laughs) which is terrible, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The loved ones who want to see you most are getting the worst of you. I think also it comes to being comfortable with not being that superhero and actually being cool with just living a loving, lovely calm, centered, happy, decent life. And that we've all come to expect so much. Like my expectations are still through the roof. I was just chatting to Josh about it today. He's like, I wonder what it'd be like if you ran your business with no expectations, because he's like, you have all these expectations. And if you do or don't meet them is what makes you, you know, ultimately feel a certain way. Not that my whole happiness is based on it. But he's like, I wonder, and I was like, God, that'd be lovely. Like, I'd love to have a life without expectations. Dreams, hopes, goals, for sure, are different, though, to an expectation of how something's going to be. A dream and a hope and a goal is you aligning yourself and feeling that way and working towards it, but with no expectations on the outcome. And that is still something, I don't even talk about this in the book, but that's maybe another book, is is how do you, like, step into 
being more aligned with what you want as an outcome, but having no sense of entanglement with how it's going to happen. You're just like, this is what I would love to happen. I have no idea how to get there, but if it happens, fantastic. I think that's something that so many people struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I also think when you don't like, when you have expectations, there's always going to be disappointment. And I think if you just don't have any, you can never be disappointed. Right. It's just going to go the way it goes. Okay. So I think for me, the other really, really interesting part of the book was towards the end when you started to chat a bit about or write a bit about your relationships and your loves and your great romances around the world, which just sound completely amazing. And like, I was a bit jealous actually when I was (laughs) part of the book, I was like, oh, this sounds so great. So yeah, there's like a little bit of a love story in there, which is also amazing. And I think that that ties in too with the princess narrative, right? Like finding love and finding a partner and finding someone who fulfills you. But also interestingly, you say you don't believe in the Prince Charming narrative. And I think that's pretty cool as well, because I think that those narratives, especially for young girls, can be damaging, right? And like, again, an expectation that just can't really ever be fulfilled. So I don't know that I have any major questions around that part of the book, but I definitely just wanted to say that like for anyone listening it's such a deeply personal and private part of you. You know, you were in a relationship with a not very nice person and then you sort of found the guy and the one. And and that was also tough because there were moments where you weren't sure and moments where you were sort of pulling away. And oh, Yeah, I did a great job of trying to... <laughs> to I know. that love. Like, and it's an interesting section because... I never talk about love. And so like, this is why it was so different for me. I was like, I can't believe I'm putting a whole section in this book about love and romance and telling some of those deeply personal stories. And there are a ton more stories to tell, but I was like, "Mm, how much do I want this to be a book about that? But I was also really proud of myself for doing it because I think, you know, it's not that the book is about me at all, but I just, I knew that there were so many women who, whose lives have been touched by fantastic partners you know, yeah. whatever gender they are, but also yeah. some real nasty people who shape who you are and affect your confidence and everything. And I just wanted to be really upfront on that and that we don't get to put up with that in life. And I think so much of my staunchness and, and feminism and my ability to say no to things and my ability to stick up for people who aren't sticking up for themselves and to feel really like I get quite emotive about people when I I will run to their rescue if I see them. Like I will, there's many people that I know that I would put my life on the line for. Because I just don't feel it's fair or just or even, it should just never happen, some of the shit that does. (laughs) And how long people put up with that crap and how it deflates your sense of everything. Love for yourself, love for others, your sense of confidence, your compassion, everything. And so, yeah, I really wanted to put that in, sort of put the whole, all the stories in there. And I think the one on not ever finding your prince charming or not buying into that is so many movies and books over the years set me up to have grand expectations of what a love would look like. And it never looks that way. I've met so many people who are amazingly in love and have beautiful relationships, but they don't look anything like the fairy tale. And so I just think it's really good to talk about that and be open. And I I really hope that others share their stories with me from this. I was reading a book the other day about pregnancy. (laughs) That's what I'm going through right now. And this lady who runs a course in it said, I absolutely love people 
coming to me who've read the book and telling me about their pregnancy and showing me photos of their kids and telling the story. She's like, because it's a beautiful thing. And that's what, you know, I'm here to find out about. And so I'm really curious what people will tell me as their stories after reading this book. And hopefully it'll open up the conversation around that because, um, yeah, there's no need to keep this stuff secret. We all have deep, dark secrets and things that we're not proud of or situations that we were in that I look back now and I'm like, what? how did I even get in that? And, like, thank goodness I got myself out of it and I was strong enough and had a good enough, like, upbringing and foundation and love and sense of security that I could. But there's still too many people who I see are dealing with that every day. Yeah. And then there's all the beautiful flip sides of love and romance and gallivanting around the world and all the opportunities that they for <laughs> for some oh, awesome man. excitement and rendezvous. So like, I just have to say, so I'm from South Africa and I did want to talk a bit about the, the cycle mm. that you did through Africa, right? You started in, was it Nairobi? Nairobi. Mm-hmm. So you started in Nairobi and you cycled all the way to Cape Town. I'm not from Cape Town. I'm from Joburg, but I'm very familiar with Cape Town. So there's a lot of stories about this. You write a lot of different parts of the story and what you went through and like the flat tires you had for a week. And I mean, I just think this was one of my favorite parts just in terms of like the storytelling, but also because I connected with it so much because I'm from South Africa. So Mm -hmm. I was just like, I was laughing so hard. So I was really laughing a lot about the elephants. You were surrounded by these elephants and they, you know, they can charge. And I, I just laughed because I've been charged by elephants. And it's, oh my ter- it's terrifying. And they're very <laughs> beautiful, majestic, wonderful animals. And I love them, but they are terrifying. So I laughed at that a lot. So one of the things I laughed at a lot was how you were almost run off the road by... Oh, yeah. taxis because like that is the norm hey like that Mm. is just that is the norm and it was so wonderful to read someone else's experience of it because I'm you know when you live there it's just like you know so you talk in the book about being on this bike trip and one of the little it's like two sentences (laughs) this is one of the things I was laughing about the most so it goes like this There was also being run off the road by crazy buses or trucks on busy highways that ironically always had some slogan like God loves you on the back. (laughs) The hell he does. God just swerved and ran me off the goddamn road into a ditch. <laughs> it's honestly how I used to feel. It was like, Jesus loves you. God is the way. And I'd be like, really? <laughs> he's not showing me the best signs right now. <laughs> it was so funny. And then I think the other part that I really loved was that you guys had a lot of your stuff stolen, which is also like, that's yeah. what happened. A few people had their bikes stolen by locals even when they were close to them. And you had 14 of your camp chairs stolen from a bush camp by the locals that you'd hired to guard them. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think that was the part that I read to my husband. And he, yeah, we just, we laughed a lot. So <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, and I think it's just, you can relate because you're from there, but I always just love seeing different people's perspectives on stories and what happens. And it was such an amazing adventure, but that's why you do those things, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you talk, I mean, it's not just that one. You talk about the triathlon that you did and you talk about, is it, was it, it's not body body sculpting. Yeah. Body sculpting world champs. Yeah. There's a lot thrown in there. (laughs) And it's amazing. I just, those are the parts where I, I just beamed and I, you know, I think 
just for those sorts of things where you push yourself physically and mentally and you just, you're not this big celebrity. You're just one of us, you know, you're just a, a normal human and, and you were like, I'm going to do this. And then you went and did them. And I think for me, those are the most powerful parts of the book, just going, sure, I, I could do that. Why couldn't I do this? You know, if I put my mind to it and I trained the way you did and I committed the way you did, there's absolutely no reason why I couldn't do these things. And then that brings you back to business, right? If you just commit yourself and you're passionate and you're dedicated and you believe and you motivate yourself, there's a lot that's possible and we forget that. So yeah. I'm so glad that was one of your key takeaways. That makes my heart happy. And you're right, like any and all of this is possible. I know people say that a lot. You know, they'll be like, well, if I could build this seven-figure business or if I could run 52 marathons, you can too. I was just not, and I used to look at that going, really, for the love of, <laughs> the love of God, no. But it, is, it, it honestly is true. If it is something that you want, not somebody else, and you decide to go for it and you put your mind to it, you'll be so surprised at the support that comes out of the woodworks to help you, the things that open up in front of you, the opportunities that come. And for sure, there'll still be massive struggles. But I don't know, like so many people have endured and gone through so much in this life who are ordinary, everyday, non-superheroes who inspire me. Mm. And so hopefully just some of the stories in this book and some of the strategies and tactics that I share are going to be, you know, somebody can just apply them and go forth and, make it all happen totally and as you say it's not all roses it it is hard work and I think that's also a takeaway is like it doesn't just happen you have to work for it you know and I think that that's good I think it's good to put that message out there so but also to know that when you are in flow and when you are doing the right things and they do light you up and they do make you happy that things can feel really easy and effortless so there's the hard work of sometimes getting to that point. But when you find yeah. that that kind of magical intersection, whether it's in love, relationships, business, career, lifestyle, health, there'll be moments where it'll just feel really effortless and flow. And the better you get at that, the more you can stay in that place. Because yeah. I do think some things should be easy and they should be fun. But they're never as easy and fun if you haven't worked for them in the first place. Exactly right. Yeah. Isn't the reward just so much better when... Yeah you put in the work and you put in the hard yards and you, you know, and then it happens and you're just like, whoop, I did it. (laughs) (laughs) You just feel so proud, right? You just, it makes it all worth it. So what, if anything, out of this book, I'm going to throw a question back at you. Yes, okay, What is one thing that maybe came out of it that you're now inspired to do or that you were like, oh, I've been sitting on this for a while. This makes it possible. I'm very frightened. I'm not frightened. That's the wrong word. I'm very nervous of anything that requires a lot of physical (laughs) endurance. So like, I love yoga. I can do a 20 minute exercise every morning. Like I do at least 20 minutes every morning of exercise. But like when you start talking about running or like, you know, prolonged periods of physical exertion, I feel, I get very anxious about that. And particularly your stories about the triathlon and the cycle have made me, I think, think about that in a different way. And there's a long walk you can do in Spain. I can't remember what it's called. I know the exact one you're talking about, my partner. Yeah, um, 
and I'm having uh, a blank on it. Oh my gosh, that's I'm cool. totally having a blank. And I have a friend who went, who did it, and a, and another friend who wants to do it, and. I think it's the Camino. The Camino. Thank you. It is yeah. the Camino. It's a it's pilgrimage, Camino. actually, that even starts in France. There's a lot of ways you can get to it, but yes. you can do it for as many months as you wish, and it's pretty epic. Yeah, and I I really love the idea of doing something like that that's physically demanding but also allows you to, to have a spiritual experience. So I think that that's the main thing that I was like, sure, this is something that's totally doable and completely achievable. And then I think on a smaller level, just saying no, I think I have to do those exercises that, that are in that book and I have to start saying no, you know, and see how that makes me feel and yeah, and just see what happens. And all yeah. the opportunities that will open up for you to say yes to exactly. as a result. It may seem small, but I think it'll be massively powerful for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Awesome. yeah. That's exciting. Um, I've loved this. It's been really fun to actually see, you know, just what you got out of it and to hear the stories. As I said to you before we started, I haven't read it in a while because I've been so busy, like getting the pre-orders done and all the formatting and printing. So it's really fun just to, you know, I think it's a real privilege as an author, especially when I wrote this book, to not have any idea how it was going to land with people. It definitely made me more nervous than my other two books because they were written from much more of that leading learner perspective, lots of experience. But this was so personal and so deeply kind of vulnerable in many places and going to places that I've never talked about before. So I really I have loved the feedback and reviews so far from people who are like, wow, this is real and this is you and this is so different and just genuinely beautiful, heartwarming feedback. So thank you for reading it, always on it. And thank you for laughing out loud because I, I talk that it, I say that it's really funny and then I'm like, oh, am I to assume that people will find what I find funny funny as well or laugh at my jokes and my mistakes and things. So that is awesome. And, um, thank and you. That's, yeah. Thank you for asking me to do this and thank you for the book, you know, and I have, I mean, I also have tons of questions around how you actually write the book and how that all happens, but we can chat. We'll chat some more. Yeah. yeah. We'll chat. And, in- and thankfully quite a lot of that is in the episode before this one. So, exactly. for, and I did want to say that for people listening to this um, episode 109 is all about the art of self-publishing from how I went about pre-funding this to actually writing it throughout COVID and the pandemic and lockdown to then getting it self-published to having it edited, formatted, designed, proved all those things so that's a really great episode where I go into the true nitty-gritty and also about how you can do that for yourself thanks so much Ash it's been a blast you're welcome thank you so much so I really hope that you enjoyed my jam session with Ash I had a lot of fun it was really insightful to me actually as to what stood out for her in the book and I'm curious about as you read the book and once you pick up your copy at nataliesisson.com forward slash princess What does stand out to you? What you could relate with? What maybe you disagreed with? What made you laugh out loud or snort or cry or really make you think? I am super, super proud of this book. And I think I've become more proud of what I've achieved and written as I've received feedback from people because I had no idea what to expect. So it's been a beautiful journey to come through something deeply personal, put it all out there and have people really come back to me with how it's moved them, how it's touched them, how it's inspired them and what it's meant for them. So to thank you to every single person who's done that so far. And I really just can't wait to put this baby out into the world to birth it in a really amazingly beautiful, organic way. It is due out in bookstores and online on April the 8th. But right now you can pre-order 
for a slightly better price with some awesome bonuses. So head across to nataliesisson.com forward slash princess, learn more about what the book is about, the five different sections and what I cover off on, read some of those fantastic early reviews, and you can pick it up on various places like Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Kobo and iBook and get some pretty cool bonuses that are happening right now. And I would be truly honored.